Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 90, Thursday, September 3rd, 2020, the two-year anniversary of the Doggy Juice Podcast. That's right, two years ago from this very day, I sat down and recorded the first episode, the Doggy Juice Sports Betting Ten Commandments, and now here we are, two trips around the sun later. And boy, oh boy, has the industry changed so much over that time. It's been a fun ride so far, and I hope all of you loyal listeners out there have learned more about the industry by listening to this, and of course, patted your your bankroll and patted your pockets with some winners. And a sincere thank you to everyone that's been around uh, from the beginning and anyone that's jumped on uh, since I started doing this, and thank you to all of my guests that have come on the podcast the past 89, 90 episodes now with this one. It's been a lot of fun and um, didn't really know where it would take me two years ago when I started it, but here we are uh, two years later and uh, 90 episodes in and it's been everything I could have hoped it would be and more. And it's been a lot of fun to do this, usually dropping about one a week. Obviously that slowed down a bit, that pace. I think I was at 50 around this time last year, but the pace slowed down a little bit because of of COVID-19 and everything happening obviously in the world the past six months. So uh, it's been it's been an exciting ride, and two years ago when I started this, PASPA had just been overturned a few months prior, and you can only legally bet in a small handful of states then. Uh, Delaware and New Jersey had, had just launched to join Nevada, and we all knew back then that it would be a while before things really started to take off, but the stage was set then, and now the entire landscape is changing not only in the world of sports betting, here in the United States, but also in the world of sports as a whole. But we're really just getting started, and there's a lot of fun changes to come. And now today, two years into this podcast, my fellow Chicagoans and people here in the state of Illinois have multiple legal sports betting options with a lot more to come. And goodness gracious, we had some amazing sports betting news here in the land of Lincoln less than two weeks ago. Right after I recorded, actually, my my last podcast episode, uh, Governor Pritzker finally came to his senses, and dare I say, he actually felt some pressure, and he reinstituted the removal of the in-person registration requirement for mobile betting. I won't belabor the point because I've beaten that topic down like like a drum in previous episodes, which I encourage you to listen back to, but this is a huge development for... Illinois sports betting as we enter the start of football season. The timing really is everything in here. And um, it's not going to last forever, that lifting of that in-person registration requirement. that's Obviously, it's going to go away again unless they change the law um, in the interim period, which just isn't going to happen in this time frame, most likely. And the earliest that the in-person removal, the removal of the in-person registration requirement can be removed is, uh, is September 19th. So September 19th is the soonest that that can be lifted and you'll have to go back in and and register in person in the books again. So that's just over two weeks from now. So therefore, I strongly encourage you to sign up and fund as many sports betting apps from your couch as you can while you can. And there's more books coming and no doubt they're rushing to be ready by next Thursday, the opening night of the NFL season, and they want to launch as soon as they can. FanDuel ended up partnering with Paradise Casino down in East Peoria uh, when Governor Pritzker lifted that in-person registration requirement again less than two weeks ago. FanDuel moved as fast as they could to get their app up and running, and all of the other books. Uh, this is important 
and, and, and they did, sure enough, but um, all the other books are using Cambi lines. And I've noticed this in the past, or I've, I've noted this on the podcast, that uh, there's a lot of line similarities in, in what's being offered just because Cambi, I think, was running five of the six books here in Illinois before uh, fan or, or odds were being provided by Cambi uh, and five of the six books before FanDuel launched here. So that's an important uh, thing to note. So if you're just going to sign up for a couple of them, I would definitely recommend FanDuel being one of them just to get different lines and you're going to be getting in a Cambi run book like uh, like Bat Rivers or DraftKings. And I've said this here in recent episodes, but points bet is also coming soon, and that's in line to really surprise some people. I think a lot of people are really going to like uh, that app a lot. It's one of the more popular apps out in New Jersey right now. It's really, they've had some fun stuff that makes it unique at points bet. So be on the lookout for points bet. William Hill's also going to be an option for you uh, when they get their app up and running here. But there are more coming. The gold rush is upon us. We're seeing a massive land grab here in Illinois. These companies, most of which are established European companies bringing their brands here, they're openly willing to operate at a massive loss in the name of customer acquisition. I've been saying this for a while now. These companies are trying to outdo one another with promotional offers and literally handing out free money in order to get you to turn or to, to use to turn to their app first in the next few weeks, months, and years to come. They want you to look at their app first when you're going to bet, and they're willing to take a big loss to do that. So if you think that this is not true, just wait for the ad blitz that FanDuel and DraftKings are about to hammer you with this fall. If you thought that the those uh, Daily Fantasy Sports commercials back in the fall of 2015 were everywhere, if you were annoyed by those, just wait until you see what things are like this fall with, uh, with the ad blitz coming. But use all this to your advantage. Take advantage of every single offer that they're giving you. DraftKings has had some outrageous offers lately. Um, they have, for example, Lakers plus 81 deal on, um, on 824 on Kobe Bryant Day. Um, the first day after, I think Pritzker lifted the in-person registration requirement again. DraftKings was was uh, trying to acquire as many people as they could. They did a special odds boost on the Cubs-White Sox game a couple weekends ago, a 100-to-1 odds boost on whichever side you took. Just last night, White's, the DraftKings offered White Sox at plus 45, max $23 bet, but who doesn't like you know 23 bucks? Uh, plus 45 at, at even money on the White Sox, obviously, uh, Michael Jordan promotion. And then they're doing a, a Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Houston Texans odds boost in the NFL opener next week on Thursday. So there's tons of stuff out there. And speaking of DraftKings, just touched on it a second ago, they've been all over the news this week. Not only did DraftKings officially add Michael Jordan as a special advisor to its company board of directors yesterday, but today DraftKings announced a bombshell partnership with the Chicago Cubs to open up a sports book at Wrigley Field that should be up and running next year. It's a big development and it's all the makings to be a very popular spot to go watch games and, and, and place your bets. And as an Illinois better, you should fully expect books at all major sports facilities that fit the requirements and the law here in the Prairie State in the very near future. What a time to be alive. Yeah, baby! <laughs> But on top of all of that, we have sports literally around the clock right now, and September is shaping up to be the largest month of betting handle in history. Tonight, we have the return of college football, and just this weekend, we have the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, baseball, the PGA Tour Championship, the U.S. Open in tennis, soccer, 
the UFC, and Saturday is the Kentucky Derby. And also, there's this little league called the NFL that's supposed to start its season next Thursday as well. So on top of that, you have everyone doing their fantasy football drafts, getting ready for their survivor pools, their DFS lineups, and their other contests. If you're out in Vegas, you should absolutely take advantage of potential contest overlays and sign up for those, uh, all the football contests out there. We have sports around the clock over the next few weeks. It's a sports betting paradise, if you will. So in this episode, I am going to briefly touch on a bunch of the different sports that are on right now during these unprecedented times. I'm going to offer you some betting angles that will help you add to your bankroll this weekend. And then next week, I'll be back with an NFL deep dive as we get ready for the 2020 season in the National Football League. All right, let's get to going. College football is back. Three of the Power Five conferences remain with the Big Ten and Pac-12 out indefinitely, although the Big Ten is reportedly looking at a a late October, November start now at this point. It's really hard to gauge where they're at, obviously, because uh, we've seen politics mix with football. And Doggy Juice Pod's not a political podcast, so I'm not going to uh, provide my political views on everything, but it's just the reality of things right now. And remember, when you're handicapping this stuff, you know, kind of take your own political views out of the way and try and handicap the people who are making these decisions, and those are the presidents of the universities. So those are the people you have to handicap here in terms of whether or not we're going to see football coming back in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 this fall. But three of the Power Fives remain. The AAC is also keen to play, and some smaller conferences are planning to be in action as well. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty on how things are going to shake out um, with with the schedule, obviously, um, especially with, with SEC starting almost a month from today. I think on the 26th this is the first day of SEC games, so there's quite a bit of time that has to go by before that starts. A lot of things can happen. But college football fans should rejoice because we are getting a return to FBS action this evening. The big story over the next few weeks, in my opinion, it's, it's invariably going to be COVID leading to, and even social issues leading to player dropouts. We've seen it happen already. You've seen it uh, take a major toll on certain teams like LSU, your defending champions being the main one. Jamar Chase, their best player, he opted out. Then they're starting Defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin, he told coaches a couple days ago that he's opting out too. According to my math, at least as of today, only five LSU starters are back from last year's team. So you're seeing a major downgrade on that squad. Uh, guys like Oklahoma's top running back, Kennedy Brooks, Redshirt Jr., he he opted out. And I expect this you know, may even kick, it's going to kick into gear the next few days and weeks. Uh, players opting out and, and really getting some of that news last minute. Some players are even opting out after returning to practice. You saw it with Jamie Newman of Georgia, the Wake Forest transfer. He opted out yesterday after a couple of weeks in practice. Ten Central Florida players have just opted out recently, including two starters on defense. So beware of these player opt-outs. They're obviously going to impact the power ratings on a lot of these teams. The transfer portal you know, already was busy enough, and now with the player opt-outs, it's, there's going to be more, no doubt, and obviously you're seeing a correlation in players opting out being with you know, on worse teams or even the backups themselves opting out. It's really a, a personal preference, obviously, for every single player. Uh, but this all can be good news for us as betters and those who are willing to do the work and stay on top of news and separate the news from the noise. 
there's invariably going to be more confusion and more information to keep up with, obviously, um, with with all this late-breaking news and player opt-outs, especially in you know a busy period with all sports going on right now. And you know the odds makers, they have to stay on top of everything with all the stuff going on. But it's our advantage as betters to pick and choose what we bet, and we can find some opportunities in college football because of this. And it's it's an added edge this year. I think there's a lot more unknowns, and those who do the work can have success. You know if that all happens. So uh, there's not as much transparency either with the COVID testing. We have to deal with players testing positive and leaked reports out there as well. The plan that I'm hearing for the three power fives is that they're going to test players three times per week. The last one's going to be the day before games. So it's totally possible that we don't get the news of these positive results from that day before testing until like the final hour when the teams are starting to take the field. So I'd argue that it's more important now more than ever to find reputable beat writers for college teams um, in order to delve through the news in a timely manner. And the line moves that we're going to see in some of these games should be pretty wild. And we saw that play out just this past Saturday uh, with the first, the, the technical opener of the college football season when Austin P played Central Arkansas. A report came out during the day on Saturday that there was a rash of political, or sorry, of positive uh, political issues, of positive COVID tests for um, for Austin P. And once the word got out, you saw the market move in on Central Arkansas. Austin P was around a four and a half, five point underdog. You saw a bunch of people on the Action Network give out Austin P, like Darren Rebell and all of them, uh, taking the points with the dog there. But then when that news broke, you saw the line move onto Central Arkansas. You saw a couple threes pop out or pop up on the board when the word got out. And then it moved its way back up again. So Central Arkansas ended up winning the game 24-17, but that was a messy one if you were on either side. I wouldn't be chirping that you had the uh, <laughs> that you won your bet if you bet Central Arkansas because uh, that was pretty much a coin toss the way that that game played out. But it was just an example of the line moves with COVID news and and who knows what and and it's still an unknown. Also, you know, in terms of like home field advantage. Reduce fans at games. It's an unknown if we're going to see that. I know the SEC was looking at maybe having like twenty thousand fans per game. I know that you know that's completely dependent on, on state law to determine all that with it. You know, so that's it's a regional thing, and and it's going to look different not only conference by conference, but but uh, school by school. But that's also something to pay attention to. And despite the fact that fans, you know, we're not going to see full fans there. Um, and home field edge that you're typically, you know, going to see in college football. Remember that fans don't make up all a home field advantage. Obviously, you have travel, you have familiarity, and everything else. So, it's you know, common misconception. People think that no fans equals no home field edge. That's very much not the case. And you could actually even argue this year uh, with the added travel issues in the age of COVID, just the added stress traveling right now with all the extra precautions you have to take and. And all of the extra worry, you know, contracting COVID when you're out in the open traveling, I would argue that traveling is more difficult, obviously, now and more stressful and has more of an impact on, on home field advantage. So that's going to be something to pay attention to as well moving forward. So anyway, we've seen lots of line movement already since the new schedules were released. Plenty of double-digit favorites in week one early on, especially in the SEC in their week one where all the top teams are getting layups. Uh, favorite or favorites in terms of conference odds, the SEC Alabama's around minus 140 favorite Clemson around minus 450 to win the ACC. 
And in terms of the Big 12, Oklahoma's the favorite. Last I looked, they were on minus 125 to win. Texas is next, around plus 160, plus 165. That's the team I'm high on this year. Then you have Oklahoma State, who's been a uh, pretty popular public team. They're at plus 650. Iowa State, 10 to 1. TCU, 16 to 1. Then it's all crap after that. But uh, Texas, really quickly, Texas has been the team I've been looking to play on. It was especially this year. Um, they've been building for this year for quite a while. They have a lot of seniors and a lot of experience on their roster. Obviously, there are question marks. There are question marks there, especially at the wide receiver, linebacker. But they have a Heisman candidate at quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Um, they got Bijan Robinson. He's their really good running back, and then um, underrated uh, defend, defenders, in my opinion, Joseph Fasai on defense, especially. Um, Heisman wise, obviously Heisman odds look a lot different right now. Trevor Lawrence is your favorite to win it. Obviously, you got Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma quarterback. Um, Sam Ellinger, Mac Jones, the Bama quarterback, uh, Jamie Newman, the Georgia quarterback. Those are the shortest odds guys. Obviously, Justin Fields was at the top of that list uh, before the Big Ten was canceled. But those are, that's your Heisman odds. And then tonight, in terms of actual games coming up the next few days, we have the first FBS team in play tonight when UAB squares off against the aforementioned Central Arkansas. UAB is a 21.5-point favorite. Last time I looked, I may or may not have a small position on UAB at under three touchdowns. I hop, hopped on at, at minus 20 when I saw some spots move north of three touchdowns. Uh, but we have our, our that once tonight. We also have our first battle between two FBS teams tonight when South Alabama visits Southern Miss tonight. Uh, if they're opening around minus 16, Southern Miss uh, minus 16 sharp money has come in on the dog. The line has moved through the two touchdown mark. Southern Miss is now a consensus 13 to 13 and a half point favorite at the time I record this big reason for that line move is that Southern Miss had a few prominent players drop out two on defense and one on offense who are key players a key wide receiver who was one of the best kick and punt returners in all of college football last year and then this weekend we have some, some pretty tasty matchups and one that I'm looking to get involved in and I think you should too Army hosting Middle Tennessee Army's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but we have seen some threes pop up. This is a game I like. My numbers, I'm making it about just under six-point favorites, Army, so you're getting really good value if you're betting Army at, at, uh, at three. According to my stuff, this is what I'm doing, where I'm doing it. I've, I've laid three with Army. You're seeing some juice now, but if you shop around, I think you can lay three at under minus 120. My cutoff would be I wouldn't lay it at any more than minus 125, really, but uh, if you can help it, but... Um, be on the lookout for that one, Army, over Middle Tennessee on Saturday. And then Monday, we have a really good one on Labor Day, BYU against Navy. BYU is now a two-point favorite, but if you're looking to bet BYU, you might be uh, late to the party because you could have had plus three when the number uh, opened up and came out. I think a lot of people are looking to back that veteran BYU squad in that game. That's the way I lean. I've got BYU as a slight favorite in that one, but no edge, uh, according to my numbers, laying two points. But it uh, should still be fun to watch, and it's just great having college football back. <laughs> Moving on to the NFL, I've touched on this in previous pods, but preparing for the NFL season has obviously been more difficult than any year before it, and as a result, I just have less action, uh, regular season win total and futures action than I would normally, and, and uh, betting into to uh, look ahead lines as well. But next week, I'm going to be fo- on the podcast episode next week. I'll just be focusing all in on, on NFL pretty much. So I'll release all of my, or I'll, I'll list all of my regular season win plays that are 
that are in pocket. Most of the numbers have moved on almost all of those to a point where I probably wouldn't play them, but there are a couple that I still would play that I'll, I'm about to name to you, and I'll get into those um, into more of them next week. But a couple notes that are pretty important: the Patriots have lost at least last time I looked, they lost eight players, and five of them were starters. That was as of a few weeks ago. But uh, the coaching staff, obviously, they could adapt better than most, but the Patriots, I don't think that's really, that was even reflected in the market move. There was no market move really on their season win total after uh, they had some players drop out due to uh, due to COVID. The Chiefs have also lost two starters, um, Tardiff and uh, running back Damian Williams, which has opened up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie uh, running back for the Chiefs to have a big year unless they bring someone else in there. Damian Williams being out just going to open up more touches for him. Another team that was Impacted pretty big by COVID. The Giants, they were impacted big time. Uh, Beal, one of their projected starting corners, he opted out, uh, which is really tough for an already thin secondary in New York. Uh, Nate Solder, he was a cancer survivor. He had a kid who had cancer. He ended up uh, opting out of the season. Can't blame him for that. Uh, So rookies are going to be starting on the offensive line there with them. They were very healthy last year on offense, too. They were in the top five in health, the Giants, last year, but they ranked... Um, pretty poorly against <laughs> against the pass and that that secondary especially they're thirty first against the pass against one of the easiest schedules and this year they move to one of the toughest schedules for an NFL defense the Giants they have the fifth biggest increase in schedule of opposing quarterbacks according to Warren Sharp year over year and it actually looks like that the defensive unit for the Giants could be obviously worse this time around just due to those dropouts. And those are some of the reasons why I I bet the Giants under six and a half. It's one of my um, larger regular season win bets this year. I'm also on the under for New York's other team, the Jets, but that was just because I was able to find a seven at minus 115 odds. So the Jets are going to have to go eight and eight to beat me on that one. So uh, bearish relative to the market, or at least relative to where the market was when I bet on the two New York teams. Uh, But teams I like, I've touched on this team in the past. I'm going to Still mention them again because you can get them at over eight and a half wins right now at a reasonable juice, minus 120, minus 125. That's Cleveland Browns. Um, they just revamped, obviously, their coaching staff. They have a new offensive system in there with Stefanski coming over from uh, from the Vikings. He was the Vikings offensive coordinator. But he brings schemes and heavier personnel and an offensive setup that really tailors to Baker Mayfield and really should improve Mayfield's efficiency at least historically when he's um, had bigger bigger linemen around him and and uh, more play action more pre-snap motion it's better for him as a quarterback plays more to his strengths so uh, schedule wise also um, last year I mean obviously last year at the start of the year if you remember everybody and their uncle was on the Browns we weren't here on the doggy juice pod we were fading the Browns last year but now the pendulum has shifted everyone was on the Browns last year but but schedule wise Mayfield and the Browns had the three toughest schedule of opposing pass defenses last year, whereas this year Mayfield has the number one easiest. And overall easiest schedule of defenses, that that was pass defenses, I just named they have the number one overall easiest pass schedule, but um, they have the seventh easiest schedule of overall defenses, according to Warren Sharp. There's new tackles on the offensive line for Baker. He's got some improvements. He's got a new fullback. He's got another tight end. Austin Hooper's there. It looks like um, Joku's going to stay as well, so that that lineup really has just a lot of pieces that are that, I, in my opinion, going to improve the offense. And obviously, you have 
excellent skill position players there. You got Odell, you got Jarvis Landry. So new personnel, new coaching staff has me bullish on the Cleveland Browns this year. Another team I'm bullish on more locally in my uh, I guess Detroit and Cleveland aren't too far from Chicago, but Detroit, Detroit over six and a half wins. But the public, sorry, not the public, just money in general. I don't know if it's public or sharp money, but I imagine a lot of it's sharp money has come in on the Lions uh, since I got involved on them at, at over six and a half wins. Now you're seeing sevens. And just so you know, rule of thumb when you're looking at season win totals is a half of a win is worth roughly 50 cents. That's not what the books are going to charge you for an extra half a win necessarily going to charge a lot more but roughly around 50 cents for a half a win so when you're seeing a lot of juice you know minus 170 or something like that on over six and a half you know you can pretty much equate that to seven minus 120 if you're seeing minus 170 on six and a half but the lions nonetheless i mean i think even seven if you can you know you don't want to lay too much juice usually so but seven with less juice is not the worst look uh, on this lions team i think they're going to be more like an eight setting up to be like more of an eight and eight maybe the nine and seven team this year the offense was great with Stafford last year before he was injured. And I just think that's a team that's you're going to see quite a bit of a surprise with the Lions if, if everyone stays healthy there. I mean, you're seeing it reflected in the marketplace right now. And week one, they're facing off against the Bears, and they've money's been coming in on them. I've even seen some threes pop up now in that week one game, which is implying that they are a slightly better team than the Bears. So the Lions getting a lot of love now, but I, I totally agree with all of it, all the market love that the Lions have been getting. And here in NFC North territory, my numbers are expecting some regression from the two more northern teams, Minnesota and Green Bay. The Packers under nine, but you're seeing, of course, the market move on this as well. A lot more juice on the Packers at under nine now. But I've mentioned it before. The Packers were one of the they were the luckiest team in the NFL last year. They were actually outgained by their opposition. They were eight and one in games decided by a touchdown or less. I mean, eight points or less being uh, the requirement there. They're plus twelve in turnovers. Rodgers is obviously getting older, and then just a really questionable draft for them. They didn't really improve their offense that much, but obviously took a quarterback in, in the first round. Um, and in terms of schedule changes. They, the Packers had the 19th toughest schedule of opposing defenses last year. They're going to have the ninth toughest this year. Um, and they had a very easy schedule of opposing quarterbacks last year. That was a bit of an outlier that helped skew all of their defensive stats. And that should put the offense in, in less favorable situations this year, not having to face, they're not facing off against that easy of a, of a schedule. Um, I know Warren Sharp's been all over this stuff as well, but it's just, there's a lot of reasons to really look for some regression from the Packers uh, this year versus last year. And then similarly, I'm expecting it with the Vikings. Um, I've been on them the past couple of years. I've really been a fan of the Vikings relative to the marketplace. But I fear that those days have passed because right now you're seeing a lot of change on that team, obviously, with the aforementioned Stefanski out, with the Browns. I mean, you've continuity there with the coaching staff. Kubiak still going to be called, uh, he's going to have stuff that's going to be featured on the offense, but. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is gone. They have a tougher schedule. I think last year they had one of the top five easiest uh, scheduled pass defenses, and this year it's about to change. Not in their favor at all, but most importantly, they lost a lot of players, and especially on the defensive end, it's just it's not it's not a situation that's inspiring much confidence in Minnesota. And also, when you think about home field advantage due to fans. They have one of the largest home field edges uh, due to fans out up at um, U.S. Bank Stadium. So it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for the Vikings, I think, this year. 
Um, and we saw some leaks on that defense to start with last year, but they lost so many players this year. And when you have less time to prep, especially no preseason games and just less time to get a, a assimilated with all these new players and personnel, I think you're going to see them stumble out of the gates. So maybe look to fade the Vikings early on in the year. That's uh, one of the teams I'm looking to fade. But I will do a much more detailed breakdown of more teams next week. In terms of week one line value, I'm just going to give it out here. It's a bet I've made. It's one of my favorite plays of the week. You shouldn't be surprised to hear this at all after what I've talked about, but there's one game that stands out for me in my numbers. That's the Cleveland Browns at plus eight and a half at Baltimore. You could even find some nines. You might even see that tick back up with more public money coming in potentially on the Ravens closer to game time. But the Browns had two looks at Lamar last year, and we shouldn't also forget that the Browns won this game in Baltimore last year too. But for all the reasons I've stated on the Browns, I think that uh, anything over a touchdown really is, is bettable in, in that game against the Ravens. It won't be a popular pick at all, but uh, it's a good time to get on the Browns and playing them, getting that many points in Week 1. <laughs> Moving on to the NBA. The NBA playoffs have been nothing short of fire. Obviously, last week we had the boycott due to social unrest that was really centered around the association, but other sports leagues followed suit. But we got some amazing first-round action. Everyone was happy to see the players return over the weekend. I talked a lot about NBA-specific handicapping stuff in my last episode, So, and then a few episodes ago before the restart in the bubble, I gave out the Celtics to win it all. I got it at 20 to one, but said it was at a good value to anything over 16 to one or better. And that's looking very strong right now from a value standpoint. The Celtics are up two games to none on the Raptors in their semifinal matchup. And now the Heat are up two games to none over the Bucks in the other Eastern uh, Conference semifinal matchup. And according to Vegas odds makers I've talked to, the Celtics would be favored by about one or two points over the Heat. Um, which extrapolating over, out over a, a full series would make them a solid favorite. But of course, that rating can change depending on how the Heat look in the series. Obviously, them beating the Bucks would probably raise their rating to the point where we'd see probably even money um, in that series versus the Celtics or something close to it. But right now, the Celtics and the Heat are favored to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals in the markets because they have those 2-0 to zero leads. So if they do meet, you could do a lot with that Celtics future if you did make that bet, you can even do something with it if, if the Celtics face the Bucks in that series, but obviously it wouldn't be anywhere near as lucrative. But that's shaping out to be pretty nice in a situation where the Celtics may even be favored to to play in the finals. I mean, right now they are, so um, representing the Eastern Conference. So it's a, it's a good bet to have right now. In the West, uh, things are shaping out to clearly be in all L.A. Western Conference finals, the Clippers and Nuggets Semifinal series price has become pretty laughable. Bet online currently has it Clippers minus 1250, Nuggets plus 775. That's implying roughly 91 to 92% chance that the Clippers advance when you split the difference. Bet online has the Lakers in their series against the Rockets. The Lakers are minus 520, Rockets plus 420 in their series, implying an 82 to 83% chance that the Lakers advance. So all in all, we are uh, seeing over a 75% chance that we see an all-LA Western Conference Finals, according to the marketplace. And in terms of Game 1 lines, the Clippers are up to minus 9. They're 9-point favorites against the Nuggets tonight in their first game, Game 1 of that series. And the Lakers are 6-point favorites in their Game 1 against the Rockets. And yes, the market is already factoring in 
uh, those two teams coming off game sevens in the number that's being offered. You are that sharp, no offense. So tread carefully if you're looking to lay the points with one of the two L.A. teams or both L.A. teams in game one. Getting more into following hockey markets has been a fun new development for me personally during quarantine or whatever you want to call these past few months. Um, But there is value to be had in the NHL, especially when you look at some of the derivative markets. And the NHL playoffs are really, they've been really exciting the past few weeks. In the East, we just saw the Tampa Bay Lightning take care of the Boston Bruins. They're going to face the winner of the New York Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers for in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Islanders are up three games to two on the Flyers in that series. Uh, the eye test in that series really shows that the Isles are, are faster, more organized team, but the Flyers are making them sweat after the Isles took that uh, big lead early in the series. So we could see a Game 7 if the Isles don't win Game 6 tonight. And then the West, the Stars jumped off to a big lead as underdogs um, in, this, in their series against the Colorado Avalanche, but the Avalanche have battled back in that series to force a Game 7 where they are around minus 125 favorites to complete the series comeback. And then the other Western series, the Vegas Golden Knights, are up 3-2 to two on the Vancouver Canucks, and they're fully expected to win that series. Uh, VGK is a minus 240 favorite in Game 6 tonight. And if you could find that over in that game tonight at, at plus money, over 6, I think over 6 is a good look in that one when you consider expected goals in that series. Um, I don't make numbers in hockey at all, but I like to find good information on hockey the past few weeks. And um, evolvinghockey.com I think is a great site to look at if you're handicapping hockey or interested in handicapping hockey. They have great goal charts for expected goals. And expected goals is the true stat to pay attention to in when hockey betting. You know, if you... A few uh, sports have some key stats when you're just looking to, to like become a beginner handicapper, and expected goals in hockey is your your main stat you want to pay attention to. Don't pay attention to lazy stats like shots on goal. Expected goals is your friend. <laughs> Moving on to the MLB, we saw some teams make their intentions known at the trade deadline earlier this week, and the San Diego Padres stood out as the team really going for it, acquiring. Mike Clevenger of the Indians in the biggest trade deadline deal. Um, Odds to win the World Series at DraftKings Sportsbook at the time of this recording. The Dodgers, they're the short shots, plus 350. The Yankees are still next at plus 450 despite their recent issues. Next after them, the Rays, 7-1. The Athletics, 10-1. The Braves, 11-1. The Cubs and Sox, both at 14-1. Twins at 14-1. And the Indians and Padres, both at 16-1. Keep in mind that due to the playoff format, um, the the new playoff format this year in a three-game first-round series this year, there's going to be big-time, mega playoff variants in Major League Baseball, so just be aware of that when you're looking to bet futures. You're almost certainly better off, odds-wise, doing a Moneyline rollover parlay in the playoffs, so bet a team in their series to win their series and just roll that money over. That way you're not married to your bet, too. You can always get out of it at any point you want to. But you have to get through four rounds this year to win the World Series, so that would entail four different bets doing a money line rollover. And Usually this works better, especially if you're looking to bet on a medium or longer term, uh, longer shot, medium shot. Uh, it doesn't work as much usually with the shorter shots, but it's definitely the way to go. 
in golf, the Tour Championship is this weekend. And raise your hand if you're like me and thought it started today and we're looking to get in uh, some last-minute bets this morning before it started. But uh, that actually tees off tomorrow at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia, where the winner on Monday will take home a cool $15 million. There's a special format for the tournament, so definitely be aware of it when you're looking to bet futures. Um, Dustin Johnson, who leads the, the FedEx Cup, he starts at 10 under par. John Rahm, who's in second, he starts at 8 under par. Justin Thomas, 7 under par. Webb Simpson, 6. Morikawa, 5. And then a group of... Uh, yeah, Morikawa's 5 under par, and a group of guys are starting at 4 under par. A group of guys at 3 under par. A group of guys at 2, at 1, and then at even par. So effectively, it's like betting a live golf tournament after the first round already happened. But you can also bet the 72-hole market. That's important to note. Um, we, obviously, your odds are going to be a lot different there, so be careful what you're looking at when you're betting, but you can bet the 72-hole winner for the tournament as well. Another thing to pay attention to, Rory McIlroy and his wife just had their baby a few days ago, but by all accounts, he's still playing, and he's set to defend his title. He won this thing last year, and honestly, numbers-wise, it doesn't look too terrible on Rory, and if you think that he's going to be distracted by the birth of his baby, I, I wouldn't be so sure. Sometimes when golfers have like big life events like this happen, it kind of like mentally, cal- in a way, mentally calms them down. Like Historically, that hasn't been an indicator necessarily that he's going to be distracted, so... I wouldn't go to auto fade on Rory just because he's having a baby. If that's a, or just because he just had a baby. If, uh, if that's the way you're, you're initially inclined to think, but he is starting at minus three, Rory, in this tournament. It could be worth a stab actually on him to finish at top five, or in the top five at plus two fifty on DraftKings. I've seen other markets or other off other outs have him at around two to one or plus two twenty five. So potentially worth a shot at plus two fifty there. Uh, but from what I've seen shopping around. But my portfolio this week for the tournament's not big. I think this is prime for live betting, to be honest with you, this tournament. But um, I, I am looking. I, I have a, a bet on, on Rom at 3-1. to one. Um, I did hit on Rom 10-1 last week, which is pretty nice. I was pretty excited to see that. But um, Rom 3-1. to one. Justin Thomas, a little bit on him at 6-1. to one. And then Morikawa, 23-1. to one. Um, If you shop those, those bets... Uh, we're at DraftKings for all of you Illinois betters. Be sure to look at the enhanced market and not just the normal market because the enhanced market will have uh, better odds there. Um, and then I also, in the 72-hole winner market, I took some Tony Fien out 18-1. to 1. Um, For people in Illinois or elsewhere who have uh, bet rivers and DraftKings, there is a touch of market value in first-round matchups. There's two bets here that I've made that have market value. Mark Leishman, plus 122 against Cameron Smith. I think a lot of that has to do with his form last week, shooting uh, 30 over par here at the local course uh, at the BMW Championship uh, south of Chicago. Uh, But Leishman, there's value in that number there at plus 122. And then flip that number, Justin Thomas, minus 122 in his first-round matchup against Webb Simpson. Although I've heard a lot of Sharps uh, come out and say that they're looking to back Webb Simpson this week and thought that him taking last week off would be good for him. So tread carefully on that one, but it's a great price at minus 122 on JT relative to the market on that one. Finishing up the podcast with some Kentucky Derby talk. That's right, we finally have the Kentucky Derby. It's going to be a weird field this year with no fans, and also taking place first weekend of September instead of the first weekend of May. 
but you know it's also going to we have to wonder how that's going to impact the horses as well or i guess the lack of fans will mean less of an impact that's the proper way to say it on the horses now i don't make horse racing a part of my daily processes at all i'm playing into paramutual betting markets is a losing endeavor normally almost all the time but I do know that sharps out there and guys who do take this seriously always pay very special attention to a horse's buyer speed figures. That's B-E-Y-E-R. This is essentially how fast a horse runs when you consider three factors. The horse's final time, the distance, and the track variant, a.k.a. the particular speed of that particular track. Tis the Law is your betting favorite. Tis the Law is the Belmont winner from the Belmont race back on June 20th. Uh, at around 5 to 8 odds on the morning line uh, as of this morning, followed by Honor AP at 5 to 1, Authentic at 8 to 1, and Thousand Words is at around 15 to 1, and then a bunch of longer shots after that. All the short shots, interestingly, drew posts on the outside of the track. Um, looks like King Guillermo is not going, so be careful if you're looking to bet on King Guillermo today. Tis the Law is at the 17th post, and starting on the outside, like I said, all the short shots starting the outside, and interestingly, no horse has ever won from the 17th spot. But um, the, it is notable that there's there's a, there's a bit of a change on the gates. There's not as much uh, the gate configuration. Uh, according to VEASAN's horse racing expert, Ron Flatter, the gate configuration is different now. There's, there's no big gap between the 14th and 15th spots, so it's not as bad for the horses on the outside. Um, expect Authentic to be the horse that has the early lead. That's a Bob Bathurst horse. It's going to set the early pace. Honor AP has only lost when usually when there's too much inside traffic, but um, Ron Flatter, who I talked about earlier, he thinks that Honor AP's posterior actually could help that horse. But it sounds to me like I've heard you know Ron Flatter and a few other sharp guys say that 1,000 words is worth a look here, especially at the, the price being offered just based off the aforementioned buyer speed figures. Tis the Law is 109, which is the highest of all the horses in buyer speed, but the next two are Baffert horses and Honor AP, and Thousand Words is one of those two Baffert horses. So the best bang for your buck could actually be looking to include Thousand Words on your tickets. So the way I'm looking to play it on Saturday is including Tis the Law, the favorite on my tickets, but also looking at Thousand Words, you know, maybe uh, keying those two in at the top, with a couple of longer shots like Max Player, um, if you're looking to do trifecta or trifecta box, but um, I'm definitely looking to to include thousand words on my trifectas and exactas. So um, all this just for pizza money, of course, because it is just horse racing, but it is the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> All right, that will do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, and be sure to check out Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News for sports betting news and information. I'll be back next week with a look at the start of the NFL season and those Week 1 NFL lines. And we'll also have a lot more guests coming on here on a weekly basis again coming up, including the Doggy Juice Pod's very own The Danimal. Expect him to return soon. Uh, I'm also going to be revisiting the Doggy Juice Sports Betting Ten Commandments again soon, but in a different way than I did last year when I revisited them on the, I think it was the 51st or 50th Doggy Juice Pod. 
Um, instead of going through all 10 of them again in detail, I'll just briefly touch on all 10 of them and then add a few additional notes and exceptions. But make no mistake about it, Doggy Juice Pod listeners, the Ten Commandments remain the same. Remember that this is a game of numbers, and as the legendary Vegas odds maker Jimmy Vaccaro likes to say, Joe's bet teams, pros bet numbers. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you all for listening. Two years, it's been so exciting. Let's make this third year the best one yet. Really exciting times to come in the sports betting space, and I'm looking forward to bring, bringing all of you listeners the latest news and information. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Labor Day to you all. Good luck with your bets. Talk to you all soon. Doggy Juice out.